Connect and experience art at the Northfield Arts Guild. Visit our galleries, arts festival, and take in a performance at our theater featuring a full season of dramas, comedies, and musicals. The Guild's gift shop showcases unique art from over 100 local and regional member artists. Come enjoy music from the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra or the 411 Concert Series. We invite you to explore your creativity in one of our classes. All are welcome at the Northfield Arts Guild. To learn how you can be a part, visit northfieldartsguild.org or call 507-645-8877. Art Zany, radio for the imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist, is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts. And now, Art Zany, radio for the imagination. Good morning, this is Paula Granquist, and you're tuned in to Art Zany, radio for the imagination. Thanks for tuning into the show that celebrates creating and stories. And every week we get to tune our imaginations together, and I love being a part of that. I wanted to go ahead and talk about poetry today, because if you didn't know, April is National Poetry Month, so happy National Poetry Month. I love celebrating it. It's one of those months that I look forward to each year, and I, I love this. It's this become the season of poetry, because there's new books that are out, readings to celebrate all things poetry, and I certainly love to read poetry all year long, but I appreciate this time of year when we can all focus on poems together. Poetry, to me, can be a song, a puzzle, a maze. At least that's the way I see it when I read it. Maybe it's a conversation, a remembrance. Maybe it's a key to understanding the world. It's definitely a universal language. There's always a musical code, a way to say something that can't be said in any other way. It's definitely a map to being a human, a soul, and creating connections. A single poem can be all of that and even more. And I love that feeling as I sit down to read poetry. It helps me slow down, reflect, and take in the world. There is great joy in this experience, and I love getting lost in poems. I understand that not everyone shares this exhilaration, so I I hope that maybe this show today is going to spark that for you. And I, I can, I'll always remember when I was asked to speak at my sister's wedding and I stood up at the head table and I told them I was going to read seven poems and I could just see the faces in their crowd and they were not, not as excited as I was. And actually I didn't have seven poems to read. I only read one, but uh, I think my sister thought, oh no, what's she doing? <laughs> but, you know, I think sometimes if you love poetry, or if you don't love poetry, one of the reasons might be you just haven't found the right poet. And so hope to, hopefully today we can add a little extra poetry curiosity to your world. I think it's kind of a, a fickle thing, right? You need to find the right um, right piece or the right voice or the right uh, uh, poet to connect with. It's like finding your favorite dessert or the right perfume that jives with you or the perfect bread for toast. You just need to sample a lot of voices and styles and poets to find the connection to the journey, the texture and the storytelling that fits you. And Northfield is a poetry town. We are so lucky in this community to have talented writers active poets, and a blooming love of the art of words. So today, I'm honored to share the studio with two of those poets to celebrate National Poetry Month. I want to welcome Northfield Poet Laureate Rob Hardy. Welcome to Arts Amy. Thanks, Paula. It's a pleasure to have you here. As also, we have Andrea Ean, who's a, a poet and a musician and a, a former professor at St. Olaf um, and a part of Penchant, which also used to be known as Northfield Women Poets. Welcome to Art Saini Radio. Thank you. Yeah, there's an, a big event coming up with the um, reading with the poets of Penchant at the former Northfield Women Poets. That's on Thursday the 20th of April, 2023, at 7 o'clock at Content Bookstore. So you'll be sure and mark that on your calendar to join everyone there. We'll give you more some more details as we go through the show today. And I thought maybe you could just start off and tell us a little bit about your poetic journey. And uh, I don't know if, Rob, I've ever asked you, like, how early in life did you know poetry was going to be a feature or focus of your world? Well, I th- I wrote a lot of poetry, especially in middle school. 
Okay. And <clears throat> now, were you writing the kinds of things that, the, like, I, I feel like I, I, my, me and my friends we were writing all these, like, you know, silly ditties and things that made no sense or were just about, you know, love lost, so, so we thought. And <laughs> or what were the topics that you were um, covering? Some were like that. I mean, I, I wrote a lot of rhyming poetry and I tried to write sonnets and things. I was really interested in, like, traditional Form. forms, which I don't write anymore. So I was a totally different poet as a kid I guess mm -hmm. but I re it's interesting I when I was in seventh grade I wrote a poem and my mom said oh that's really good you should go to a writing workshop and work on your poetry so she signed me up for a writing workshop and it was at a organization in Ithaca New York called the Women's Community Center and I walked in the room and it was like all of these middle-aged women and I was a seventh grade boy so <laughs> and um, they probably welcomed you with open arms I would imagine I read my poem and they were really nice about it I mean they like all applauded and it made me feel really good so even though I felt really out of place it turned out to be a really good experience that's an incredible story I love that that you were able to find that experience and you stuck with it mm-hmm that, that's I kind of went through a period where I didn't write very much poetry. And then in college, I took creative writing and the professor, you know, you had to write short stories and poems. And she said, basically, your fiction is trash, <laughs> but your poetry is really good. So <laughs> well, at least she had that. <laughs> she actually used the word trash. So I don't write much fiction anymore. <laughs> Well, I bet you could if you wanted to. You have an, an incredible voice and a great ability to observe things. You've been the Poet Laureate now for several years. I've kind of lost track. Well, the program started in 2016, and I think we're gearing up to make a transition. Oh, we, that's something. I won't talk about that. We'll save that no. for another time. Yes, <laughs> that's very, very interesting. But you've been an incredible uh, Poet Laureate to Northfield, to you know, raising the voices of, of all the people who, uh, you know, bringing people in and people who live within the community and celebrating them and having events ar around the community, writing great poems for a lot of spectacular events that I still think should be collected in some sort of an edition because they're all so, they, you know, incredible, but they get that one reading, right? And then, yeah. um, then they're very specific to the person or the place. So I, I thank you for, for what you've done for poetry in this community. Thank you for being here. And Andrea, it's been a while since you've been on. Exactly. And I'd love to hear a little bit about your um, poetry story. People may know you from playing the Hardinger fiddle and you're, uh, you know, being a music professor at St. Olaf, but they may not know more about your poetry world. I wrote really bad poetry when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> and it was occasional poetry. I would write for Campfire Girls, Patriotic Days. So I've got one about... George Washington signing something with a feather. That's one, <laughs> one of my low points of poetry. <laughs> but you still have them. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes when things are really bad, um, you have to keep them, mm -hmm. right? Because they make you laugh when you look at them. And I think that's good for everybody to hear, right? Because that's where everyone begins in, in a place of just experimenting, trying you know, sorting through ideas. And it's, you know, I don't know a poet that was born with poems that just oozed, you know, came through them. They they take time. Right. The first poem I would say in my adult life I did was when I was visiting the Art Institute of Chicago, which is one of my very favorite art collections. And my husband was playing in the Grant Park Symphony, which was right next to the Art Institute. So I would go downtown with him, and then I would spend the day at the Art Institute. And I, all of a sudden, I sat down on a bench and wrote a poem. Um, it just kind of came from I don't know where. It was kind of exciting. So uh, that was the beginning. When I came back to Northfield, um, I think I joined the Northfield Women Poets. After that experience, mm -hmm. of, uh, isn't yeah. that interesting? And so that's one of the things that we're here to talk about and um, is, and, and, I, and I wonder, um, since it is National Poetry Month, is there, are there traditions in your, your poetry circles of how you celebrate National Poetry Month or ways that you like to honor this month? Well, um, I know a lot of people, some people think of it as National Poetry Writing Month. Ah. And I know a lot of people in town who are trying to write a poem every day in April. And 
it's a good discipline because my when I write a poem, I want it to be like everything I write, I want it to be perfect and publishable. Whereas if you're writing one every day, some are going to be really good. Some are not going to be good at all. Some you're going to be really embarrassed by, but it's a good discipline to do that every day. And um, I think for a lot of people, it actually kind of opens things up and they're able to write more effectively just because they um, are sorting through things every day and getting into that spirit of writing. So I think that's a really good thing to do. It's not something that I'm doing because I just can't work that way, but I should try to force myself to do it. Sometime. Yeah, I have heard poets say that they have done that exercise uh, and and then basically for the rest of the year, then they have you know, all those pieces to work on and edit and perfect and move, you know, so it gives you a, a, a body of work so that you don't show up at the desk with a blank page, right? Yeah. You've got, got something to start with. I think the closest I've ever come to it is in April of 2020 when everything was shut down and I was just walking in the Arb every day. So I'd walk in the Arb and then I'd come home and write a poem about the walk that I'd taken. And it didn't happen every day, but I ended up with enough poems after April, May, and June of that year for a chapbook. So it was probably my most productive period where I was just like, there's nothing to do but walk and write poetry. And remind me of that collection, because I, I believe that uh, we talked about that on the air, yeah. Yeah, it's called Shelter in Place, and it was published last February, I think. So mm -hmm. the content has some copies. Beautiful collection. So that that's wow, what a great story that is. And so I, I think that, you know, it's great that there's attention drawn to poetry. I think it's such a, an important part of of our culture and world and I, I wish everybody loved it. So that's why I love celebrating. And uh, tell me a little bit uh, about um, you mentioned that, that you had joined the Northfield Women Poets and tell me when, when you first joined, uh, what was the group like and, um, you know, what were, were the practices and, and, and just a little bit about who they were when you first walked in, were you nervous or excited? What was your, your thought? We had to, um, give 10, t 10, um, poems to, to, and people would look at them to see if they wanted to invite you to come. Okay, so, so you had like an audition kind of process. A little bit of an audition, and uh, I was afraid of that because I was a beginning poet, for years, <laughs> except for my patriotic forays back in middle school. So, uh, <laughs> but it was so exciting to be critiqued. It's always been a group that was very excellent at giving you very honest critique, but not mean critique, because mm -hmm. I think when you're a poet or any kind of a writer... You're vulnerable, mm -hmm. and um, I love that. And I felt like I was the fledgling poet at that moment, and everybody else was, you know, experienced. And that was pretty, pretty true. Um, Ricky Kerbel Nelson and Karen Herseth Wee had actually founded the group back in they think seventy one to seventy two. Um, they both came to Northfield because their uh, the poets um, their husbands were published on or, or were um, were hired by the St. Olaf English Department and here they were raising kids at home and feeling well we're writers too mm, I didn't know that their husbands both had uh, connections yeah, to English Eric, Eric Nelson and um, and David Wee yes so and both really wonderful writers and wonderful um, teachers so this was a kind of a feminist way I think of getting their group together and um so it's always been women and uh although we admire rob very much <laughs> we have to say that this this was a place for women and i think it's been a safe place for women to talk about um things because a lot of deep things come up when you're writing poetry mm -hmm. and so you have to feel like revealing sometimes the under under part of a poem you could do it in a safe way. Yeah, and so that means the group has celebrated 50 years of, of being, and it's still going strong. Still going st strong with a new name, Penchant. Um, we're still women, 
but I think they they didn't want to make it quite such a small thing because half the group had moved to the Twin Cities by that time. So there was penchant north and penchant south. <laughs> <as> we <called laughs> it. Well, and I have to ask you, because I've heard it pronounced two different ways, penchant and penchant, which I think is, is both interesting, right, of, mm-hmm. of the enchanted pen, if you will. Exactly. Which I, is the, the way you refer to yourselves. I think it was chosen to have a, that double meaning. It is. Sure. It is yeah. intentional. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's a lovely name. And yeah. it, did it switch from uh, Northfield Women Poets when some of the group moved to different parts? And you, or what was the reason for the name change, which happened? I think we felt we needed a more inclusive name for sure. And mm. so yes, people had moved out of town. Um, there were even some people. I mean, right now we're meeting by Zoom. So now people are pretty disparate where they're living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is one of the joys of Zoom is you can still do those things no matter where everybody That's is. Right. Yeah. And that works out great. Yeah, it's been um, a, a, a group that I've known about since I think since I moved to Northfield. I heard, uh, I think I went to the Arts Guild, you know, where, where are the writers in the community? And that was one of the groups that was mentioned. Mm-hmm. It's certainly been a, a prominent part. And uh, I think you even told a story at the city council, too, about... Uh, coming to town and, and hearing about the Northfield Women Poets. Yeah, I mean, you, I came to Northfield in 1990 and, as you did, tried to find out, like, what were the artistic communities. And basically for art, visual art and dance and music and theater, there was the Arts Guild. And for poetry, there was the Northfield Women Poets, and I couldn't join it. So I was like, okay, I have to find some other way of doing it. But it was an inspiration to find my own group because that's what they did. They came. I mean, I also came because my wife was, you know, a professor here. So mm-hmm. I kind of trailed along and had to find that community that they had found at that point 30 years earlier. So um, yeah, and, it was and- an inspiration 20 years earlier. And one of the things that that I thought was really interesting, because you were at the city council meeting uh, presenting, because I'll let you reveal what has um, transpired. It's pretty exciting for it. So um, at the city council meeting on the 4th of April, I gave a presentation, and on the consent agenda was a resolution to proclaim April 20th, 2023, Penchant Day. So the day of the reading at content um, is officially Penchant Day in Northfield. And I have a copy of the proclamation, if you would like sure, to hear what would... the official proclamation yeah, is. Yeah, it'd be exciting, of course. Um, you know, because these things are official, it has a lot of whereases. So, <laughs> a proclamation by the City Council of the City of Northfield proclaiming Thursday, April 20th, 2023, as Penchant Day in Northfield, Minnesota. Whereas April has been officially designated as National Poetry Month, And whereas Northfield has long been known for its large and active community of poets, and whereas for more than 50 years, Penchant, formerly Northfield Women Poets, has been meeting regularly to create and promote poetry in Northfield, and whereas current and former members of Penchant have published dozens of books of poetry individually, and as a group have published four anthologies Mm -hmm. of their work, and whereas members of Penchant have been recognized with numerous grants and awards, including selection as finalists for the Minnesota Book Award, and whereas members of Penchant have individually and collectively enhanced and continue to enhance Northfield's reputation as, in the words of one editor, of the editor of one national poetry journal, a hotbed of poetry, <laughs> and whereas members of Penchant have been teachers and role models for generations of Northfield poets, both women and men, who have sought to combine a commitment to the craft of poetry with a commitment to community engagement, now therefore be it resolved by the City Council of the City of Northfield, the City of the Northfield City Council Council gratefully acknowledges the contributions of Penchant, Northfield Women Poets, has made to the community and to the city of Northfield, and hereby proclaims Thursday, April 20th, 2023, as Penchant Day in Northfield. Woohoo! Congratulations to all of the Penchant Poets. How does it feel? What has your group's response been to having that really, designation? I think they're really excited because... You know, sometimes you feel like you're a group that's been a little bit under the radar. And when so many people have moved away from Northfield, Mm -hmm. that it's been hard to have, I think, the the presence of readings. And we used to do a lot of collaborations with dancers and musicians, um, and that was very exciting. But uh, now that so many people are 
somewhere else. Mm -hmm. We're kind of Northfield plus at this point. Yeah, and so in, in conjunction with that, there's going to be an event at Content Bookstore. That's on Thursday, the 20th of April, which is the now uh, Penchant Northfield Women Poets Day, officially, mm -hmm. which is really exciting. That's at 7 o'clock at Content Bookstore in downtown Northfield. And if you do happen to live out beyond the borders and aren't able to make it, I believe they're doing a Facebook Live mm -hmm. so that you can tune in. And uh, as I understand, there's going to be, I think, one of the largest gatherings of, of Northfield women poets in, in a long time. There'll be almost 10. Is that right? I've got a list of 10 people. So. Yeah. 10, 10 poets, which yeah. is a really big night. And that's about the group size that we've had over the years. Um, I guess we now have 14 people plus 17 people that have been part of group. That have come so, and gone. Mm-hmm. And... And moved on. I, I, tell us uh, the story, uh, your connection to one of those uh, women who's gone on to do great things out east. Um, back in, I think probably the mid-70s, um, Marilyn Nelson was teaching at St. Olaf, and she was in sort of at the beginning of her career as a poet, and she was a member of the group. And then she moved on from St. Olaf and moved out to Connecticut, where she became the poet laureate of the state of Connecticut, and she's written many books. She's been twice a finalist for the National Book Award. Wow. And in 2005, I entered a poetry chapbook contest, and she was the judge of the contest, and I won the contest. So I, even before I knew of her connection <laughs> to Northfield, I felt very grateful to her, and she gave a reading at St. Olaf, I think, last spring, and I actually met her for the first time, and she's extremely nice, and St. Olaf has actually started a reading series, um, an annual reading series that's named in her honor. So she's been important to Northfield, even though she wasn't here for a terribly long time. She made uh, close connections and made a big impact. I'd like to think that's true, that a lot of people who have come through this town, that they still have a fondness for mm -hmm. their experiences here. Tell me about how the group operated and how you were able to nurture the, all the successes that so many of you have had in you know, publishing books and going on to, to careers and um, doing readings and, and really you know, making a difference. I felt it was a very safe place to bring my poetry that I would get honest critique. You don't want somebody saying, oh, that was nice, you know. Nice doesn't help you no, that's move kind of forward. Like a little too Minnesotan, you know. <laughs> um, and they'll say, and some were really good at saying, we need, you need to rearrange your poem, you know. You need to start at a different point in the poem, or this it should be three poems rather than one poem, you know, <laughs> trying to chuck too much stuff into the poem. Um, I, I always found it wonderful because I was a beginning poet when I started. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was great to feel like I could grow as a poet without having my ego wounded, at least not very much. Because <laughs> <laughs> whenever you get critique on your, your precious poems, sometimes it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard to be open to that. But this group has been very, um, they're excellent teachers and critics as well as writers. Um, but it's all in a spirit of we're all trying to do our best here and we all want to be better, better writers. And that's why we're here. And so was uh, some, everybody presented each week or you all took turns and you met quite frequently. I think I, I we recall met every week back in, you know, except in the summers when we make meet once a month and we met at each other's Homes, which I really like beside, you know, this is before the Zoom era and uh, <laughs> someone would make fabulous, you know, gingerbread and then we'd have tea, you know, mm -hmm. usually with it, sometimes wine. But um, it was that that had a collegial feeling about it. And this Zoom thing, you know, it's it's handy, but kind of cold mm. and you can't have gingerbread. Well, you can each have your own. Uh, yes, you can. <laughs> that's usually what happens with my writer's group. We're each, oh, I'm eating cereal or biscotti or <laughs> whatnot. And we can, you know, share right. the moment and at least we can be together. Um, so that, that is uh, something that's uh, really important, I think, for a writer. And uh, hard to develop a really good connection in and finding your community. And uh, Rob, tell us about your experiences and how having a connection to other poets has really made a difference in your in your writing. Um, 
Well, actually, one of the things, very specific things that has a connection to this group that I wanted to talk about is um, there's an event that takes place now in Red Wing, the Poet Artic, Artist Collaboration. Mm-hmm. And every year, poets from Northfield are involved in that. So last year, I think five people from Northfield. This year, three people from Northfield. You submit poems, and then if your poem is selected, you're paired up with an artist who then does a work of art based on your poem. And that event, it was for about almost 20 years in Zambroda. Um, the idea for that event came from Beverly Voldseth, who was a member of Penchant. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, here's an idea, and brought it to Crossings at Carnegie and Zambroda, and they started it, and now it's in Red Wing. Um, she has been a member of Penchant for a very long time. She was, at one point, the director of the Northfield Historical Society, so she's got a long connection with Northfield. She eventually moved to Goodhue um, and was the editor of the newspaper there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had this idea which continues to bring together poets from actually all over Minnesota, but always some, someone from Northfield is involved. So next Sunday, the 23rd, I'll be going over to Red Wing to read with Karen Herseth Wee and Walter Cannon and former North Minnesota Poet Laureate Joyce Sutphin. Mm, another talented yeah. poet, yes. And there's always, I think, the last Sunday in April, there's a big celebration over in Red Wing where all the poets will come and read. And so that's been really nice. And I think um, in Northfield, just because of my position as Poet Laureate, people have, I've met a lot of other poets. I've facilitated them having readings. I've actually helped two groups of poets start their own poetry groups, so you know, there's like, you've been kind of a matchmaker, haven't yeah, so, you? <laughs> so, you know, one woman moved to town and she was like, can I get a, can you help me get into a poetry group? And I first went to Northfield Women Poets and they were like, we're, we're full basically. And I totally understand that. Another group also said, oh, we're full also. So I just started a new, <laughs> found three other poets and helped her start a new group. So I think um, the nice thing about Northfield is that all the poets are very supportive of each other. I mean, this thing of starting poetry groups and sharing your poetry with other poets is a lot of people in Northfield are involved in that. And I've never seen any rivalry in poetry or anything. It's always been totally supportive. And, you know, when someone gets a publication, everybody's, you know, congratulating each other and, um, buying the books and things. So it's really nice. Yeah. Such a supportive community. We should give a a shout out to the website that you have through the um, Poet Laureate program, which is, is connected to the uh, Northfield public library. Um, So I I think what's the easiest way to track it down on the, uh, I have the actual link, which I'll post on the um, website for, for at KYMN for today's show. Um, But it's a part of the Minnesota, um, or Northfield Public Library. Um, it's mynpl.org. Uh, there's a Poet Laureate page there. Yeah. And, and it's probably just backslash Poet Laureate or something I think like it that. is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and so that's a place people can find because you often post some of those, you know, uh, recognitions and events yeah. that are coming. And on Facebook, there's a Northfield Poet Laureate Facebook page where I will post things kind of more up to the minute. So, you know, if I hear of someone publishing a poem, I'll, if there's a link to it, I'll put it there. Um, tell people about events. And there's also a email list. So I'll send out emails to people who are on that list about events coming up. And and that is something I look forward to reading because you always have a good keeping, you know, keep good track of, of everything that's going on. And there is a lot. We have a, a very active community and it's very exciting. Folks, if you're just tuning in, this is Paula Granquist. I'm here on Art Zany Radio with our Poet Laureate, Rob Hardy and Andrea Ean, one of the members of Penchant, who is going to be celebrating on April 20th for Penchant Day in Northfield, Minnesota. And that is at Content Bookstore at 7. And each of the... Uh, 
uh, writers. We should maybe mention some of those writers are going to be at the events. There, there will be some that, that people know. And, I, you know, I think sometimes it's fun. Not everybody knows that uh, someone writes poetry. They may know them through a different connection, and that's always fun to discover. So, Rob, you have the list. Let's see. Okay, my list is, and maybe you know of other people, uh, Ricky Coble Nelson, Andrea Ian, Florence Dacey, Susan Thurston Hamersky, Jane McDonald, Donald, Karen Sandberg, Karen Herseth Wee, Tracy Rittmuller, and Siggy Leonhard. And those are the ones, so each of them will will share. Oh, and um, Tony Easterson, I think, also will be there. Oh, exciting. Yeah, each of them will be sharing a little bit of their poetry. And the group has uh, individually published, but you've also published, I didn't realize it was four collections. Yeah, four anthologies, which was really exciting. And then fairly early, I think, after the first anthology, we all all did chapbooks, individual chapbooks, but we did them at the same time. And it was great to have help with getting them published. And what, I remember how thrilled I was when I had this little artifact <laughs> because like music, sometimes poetry feels like it's just out there in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I had done a CD of hard on fiddle music around the same time. And so I had my two little artifacts of my life. I was so excited <laughs> about. Yeah, it's tangible. It's, you yeah. can touch it. You can share it. You can right. see it and hold it. And good, good presents for your friends. Yes, and just you know, in case no one buys them. Do you know if the, if content will have any of those anthologies available? Uh, I think there will be copies of the most recent anthology, um, Penchant, which came out I think in two thousand six. Okay, I think that. Um, I think it's actually out of print, but I think that there are there's a cache of them that one of the members is going to bring down. To, ah. <laughs> and individual members of the group have published books that will be there. Some of them, um, so and I, they'll probably just be a big display of different books right. for sale by individual members and as the group. I have the previous anthology in in a box of quite quite a few numbers, so I should bring that too. Yeah, that would be mm-hmm. great. I think that's a wonderful opportunity for people to, you know, read these these voices. And I think it's because of your you know longevity, you've just had so many different experiences in life. And I would imagine each of those is gets reflected in the poems and um, is is kind of a nice way to look at the tra- trajectory of everything. Uh, have you had a chance to go back and look at some of those anthologies? I love to do that because I've forgotten some of the poems I really loved of other people's mm-hmm. writing. Um, and, you know, you, you kind of remember your own, but sometimes not completely. <laughs> right, right. And it's a great way. Anthologies are a wonderful way to, you know, read a, a multitude of voices and then kind of, oh, I really want to know more about that. Or I'd like to follow what that poet's doing. And you kind of find that voice that fits. Well, and, and one of the things we wanted to do today was, of course, share some poetry. And I know each of you brought some with you, so we should probably turn to that. Uh, who wants to go first as far as um, reading something to us uh, of your own or another another poet's just to celebrate National Poetry Month? I have a Northfield poem, so I think that would be appropriate this moment. Wonderful. It's called Up Above. Up above, you create a nest, the crown jewel high above the river, impersonal and clean, only the nicest sticks, softest moldy leaves from last year, a couple of pine branches for a solitary bed. Long ago, your mates flew away, fledglings navigated to other trees on other rivers. From your perch, swinging to a bossa nova beat, your wounded heart sings, Alone at last. Oh, I love the bossa, uh, bossa nova beat. That <laughs> was a good <laughs> phrase in that poem. And the idea of the nest. It can be multiple things here in Northfield. Really beautiful. And that was something that, uh, when, did, when did you write that one? I think I wrote that after I moved into my condo at the crossings. And I'm on the third floor and there are eagles and hawks going by every day. It's mm. just phenomenal, mm. as well as a lot of other birds. 
Yeah, that is a really great place to observe, and it's so exciting to see an eagle. I still, to this day, get you know a thrill out of spotting, and, and my kids don't quite understand why I get so excited. And I, I think we all lived through the time when there was a worry that that maybe they weren't gonna gonna make it, and that something had happened to, you know. And Minnesota is among the states that has the most eagles that have come back. I didn't so know that. So we're really lucky, and they and they, they like to fish along the river, so they're going up and down all the time. Yeah. I've even seen golden eagles there, which are a little more rare. Ooh, I have not. They come up from Mississippi River. Mm, that's a good tip. That would be a fun thing to spot. So yeah, they're really beautiful. Take a walk in the arbor, walk along back behind the, the river trail there. Thank you. A lovely poem. Tell us, Rob, what you're interested in sharing today. Well, I wanted to... To do sh- two short poems um one of one of the exercises you can do if you're stuck like i'm currently stuck is to find a favorite poem and then do kind of a tribute poem to it like mm-hmm. take that as the model and then write a poem that's after that poet um so i want to read one first by jane Kenyon and then one by ricky colbel nelson that's a tribute poem based on that poem um I, the embarrassing story about this poem by jane Kenyon is a I might not be able to get through it oh, um, no. <laughs> because the only time that I've ever actually cried listening to the radio was um once listening to the writer's almanac when Garrison Keillor read this poem and I was just like in my kitchen sobbing over this poem so well, we'll see I if I can get through it door uh, uh Jane Kenyon is probably one of my favorite poets as well so I'm I hope I can make it through this I'll We'll, we'll give it a whirl. Okay. Uh, so which collection is this from her um, So collected... I have her um, collected poems here. Um, and this is from a book that was, an, the original book was called Let Evening Come, and that's the, it's the title poem. Let Evening Come. Let the light of late afternoon shine through the chinks in the barn, moving up the bales as the sun moves down. Let the cricket take up chafing as a woman takes up her needles and her yarn. Let evening come. Let dew collect on the hoe abandoned in long grass. Let the stars appear and the moon disclose her silver horn. Let the fox go back to its sandy den. Let the wind die down. Let the shed go black inside. Let evening come. To the bottle in the ditch, to the scoop in the oats, to air in the lung, Let evening come. Let it come as it will, and don't be afraid. God does not leave us comfortless, so let evening come. Thank you. That's absolutely beautiful. Now, you mentioned you had a tribute poem then from one of the uh, penchant poets. Yes, this is from uh, the collection Penchant, Northfield Women Poets, an anthology of poems. This one's by Ricky Colville Nelson. It's called Let Spring Come, after Jane Kenyon's Let Evening Come. Let the light in the morning sift through cracks in the blinds, sneak in the bedroom to settle on eyelids. Let the finch take up singing as the woman opens her eyes and blinks. Let spring come. Let song collect on the bare branch beyond the window. Let the sun appear and the cardinal send out its trill. Let the squirrel scamper from its big nest. Let the wind come up. Let the last snow puddle in surrender. Let spring come. To the water in the driveway, to the spade in the garage, to hungry skin, let spring come. Let it come at its own speed, but let it come. I love the insistence on that closing line. And I think we can all relate to that, right? We feel just like, let it come. <laughs> it has to. And it came really fast. It sure did. Yeah, we were in March. It came and went, and now it's summer. March was just, you know, a, a challenge, right? And and every, I think every year it happens that way, but we I think somehow have an ability to pass on that. And so the urgency that's expressed at the end of that and... And the wonderful use for both of those poems of the repetition, right, mm-hmm. of the the line is a really melodic way to um, set ourselves in that mindset. Yeah. It's like a litany. Oh, hold on. There we go. Yeah, it's wonderful, as a, I think. Um, it's, it, it gives it a spiritual quality when it has the re- repetition. Mm-hmm. Um, and didn't, didn't Jane write that 
be fairly soon before she died. Yeah, she she's a she's a wonderful Jane Kenyon's a wonderful poet. Um, she was um, she died of cancer fairly young, I think. Mm-hmm. So, um, but fortunately, she wrote a lot of really beautiful poems. And during that year, when I was in 2020, when I was just walking in the Arb and writing poetry, one of the other things I did was every morning I got up and read two or three poems of Jane Kenyon before I went out for my walk. So there was the her poetry, the walk, and then writing my own poetry. And it was a really good routine for that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she's a voice that um, you everyone can admire. And uh, I think she, her poems are very accessible. They, they talk about nature a lot and mm-hmm. um, just our, uh, you know, the place that she lived must have been glorious because she's always commenting on, on the, um, what's outside her door. And it's just mm-hmm. beautiful. It's yeah. absolutely beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Andrew, do you have another one you wanted to share with us? I do. Um, since we are excitedly awaiting the coronation of King Charles III. Isn't that his name? Um, I think. Uh, I don't, that's a good question. Just, <laughs> I, I didn't know if he's the third. Yeah. I think, I think it's King Charles III. I thought I should uh, read a poem that talks about when I was a little girl and found out about Elizabeth's coronation. But it's under the title, Someday My Prince, 1953. Margaret Lund returned from the London coronation with a viewfinder and precious pictures in Westminster Abbey. I was a dreamy first grader who had held my Grandma Bess's hand all the way down 6th Street to Front Street to see Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. My first piece of sheet music was Someday My Prince Will Come, which I sang in a high soprano while Mom accompanied me. Mrs. Lund lived across the street in a doll-like colonial with a bowed window. She invited me over by myself for tea and cucumber sandwiches served on her best china and told me of the thrill of seeing the gold coach pass, drawn by splendid horses. Philip had kneeled and promised his liege to the queen, a shocking gesture for a man then. My steed was a push scooter. I raced Bobby Hoyer down the thrill of River Road, parallel to the Des Moines River. My first romance, although one-sided. 2021. It was poignant to watch King... Prince Philip's memorial service at Windsor Castle Chapel. Queen Elizabeth sat alone in the front covered with a black veil after 73 years of marriage. Today, Mom sits alone at 99 with her coloring books, newspapers, and television. She's waiting to be buried next to Dad at Meadow Cemetery in Blue Earth County, rejoined after 76 years of marriage. Thank you. I love the parallels in there and the comparison you made between the golden carriage and your scooter. The, that was one of the tea sandwiches. A lot of great details in there that bring us to all the pomp and circumstance. And then, but then, you know, your life here, hearing about it as a young girl. And um, it's pretty incredible. You had a neighbor who went to the coronation. Yeah, it turned out she didn't get inside Westminster <laughs> Abbey, <laughs> but that was okay for me. She she saw the golden coach go by, mm-hmm. um, and she I think she watched the rest of it on television. But the idea that she would honor me, this little girl, you know, six, seven years old, with uh, special British tea, and show me all the pictures and everything she got brought back from the coronation. Yeah. I just think that was a wonderful thing. Right, and also the longevity of, you know, the Queen's marriage and then your parents. Yeah. Uh, that's a really incredible uh, feat that not, not many people get to experience that, that longevity. No, luckily we had, be, before my father died at the beginning of the pandemic, we had a big um, celebration of their 76th. Wow. And I I played some music and we had a cake and, you know, it was... It was really great because, you know, he died two months later. 
That is an so. incredible. I just can't even fathom the idea of, you know, having a relationship that lasts 76 years. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful love story. It's an inspiration. They were happy. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said, they bickered, but nothing worse. <laughs> And I think two people living for 76 years probably are going to bicker along the way. <laughs> They've earned that right to do that, yes. Yeah. And your mother just recently passed. And she so. did pass at 101, so she lived three years beyond my father, who was almost 99. So, You've got some good genes. I'm gearing up for a long poet's <laughs> life. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that happens. We can continue to, to be blessed by your poetry, so... That's that's a delightful. Did you, you had yeah. an, another one you wanted to share? Well, I was just thinking. I mean, the first anthology they did together, Penchant, um, was I think nineteen eighty four. There was one in nineteen eighty six, and then one in the nineties, I think, and then one in two thousand six. So, it, and just hearing that poem, you reading through the anthologies, you get this amazing sense of people's lives and the different moments in their lives over the course of well now 50 years um mm-hmm. so i kind of at the um at the reading at the city council meeting i kind of surprised or shocked ricky by reading one of her poems that or quoting from one of her poems that was from the 1986 collection. She was like, you found one of my really old poems. <laughs> um, I only quoted a line from it, so I wanted to just read the whole poem. That would be wonderful. Um, it's called The West Has Held Us. I do not want to be a man, and yet achievement looms so large, an eagle, bird of prey. Its shadow kills the rainbow I could be. Elusive, yes, and broken, still a sign of wholeness, bond of earth and sky. So why the quest for fame and prey, the single-minded flight, blind to the sun? The rainbow's prism, the crystal's broken light, hold beauty, and the diamond's facet glows. The West has held us long to its own mold. I bore a child, a book is mine, a tree is planted in my yard. Had I been born Chinese, a sage would say, your life is full. The petals of the lotus grow as stars. Mm, I hadn't heard that phrase before about the petals of the lotus grow as stars. Did she invent that or is that a a common, do you know? I tried to find it as an actual like saying of a Chinese sage, and I think she may have invented it. But. It's pretty great. <laughs> but, she, but she traveled in, in Asia, so mm-hmm. um, I'm just wondering if she didn't, you know. Heard it from someone on did, her travels. Yeah, heard it yeah. maybe on her travels. And Ricky, like so many people in pension, has another art that mm-hmm. she does. And I think that particular poem in, is informed, I think, by her fabulous eye and her ability to to describe things that are really vivid, mm-hmm. I think. You see them vividly in her poetry. She's a, a, a talented painter and artist that makes all kinds of... Yeah, she does fabric work. Yes. She does a wide variety of things. And that's, I think that's the truth. One of the strengths of Penchant is that many, many people are, have another. Mary Easter, for example... A famous dancer and choreographer mm-hmm. who taught at Carleton for many, many years and is still doing performances up in the Twin Cities. Um, I'm a musician. There's just lots and lots of people who are, in, I think their poetry is informed by the other art they do. Mm-hmm. And I like to think there's a lot of connections between, you know, the processes of, of creating art that. Um, they aren't so different, right? The, the, the creative process can translate between, or transfer maybe is the right word, between different uh, mediums, and it's, it all informs each other. Like there's, and, and having that playfulness in, in, in being able to jump is important to, to be able to have those conversations. For sure. 
Yeah, it's amazing, and I'm so excited, and it's such an honor to think about the, you know, 50-plus years that you've been been meeting and continue to meet and to have that connection still to um, to Northfield and uh, be, for us to be able to honor that with Penchant Day, Northfield Women Poets, on April 20th. Again, the reading is at Content Bookstore. That is next Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Ten of the poets from the group will be there, and that's a pretty great showing of the 14 that have been meeting for decades, and it's uh, just a, a great thing to have in our community a group like that that inspires many and uh, does a lot of, of things. Uh, and and you, um, there are other poetry events come, upcoming that you want to mention, Rob? Well, people have the rest of today to get poems in for the poems of place um reading that we're going to be doing so i i've gotten a, quite a few submissions of poems about places in northfield uh, some about central park way park bridge square etc um you can send me your poems through the, the day today and is there um, a time deadline because um, poets like to have that yeah, pressure <laughs> actually the deadline is i mean if you if they didn't come in until Sunday, that would be fine because I'm actually going down to Iowa City to see my granddaughter today. So um, I won't be getting to them until Sunday when I get back. So Good inside information. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's the um, Northfield, a communal topographical poem. Yeah. And you can uh, get information on the North City of Northfield website and uh, through yeah. uh, and, and there's information about where to submit those then. Yep. And then. On Saturday, May 13th, we'll do a reading where we'll actually read the poems in the places they're, they're about. So we'll start at Way Park reading poems there and then move through the town reading poetry. And then uh, in the second Wednesday in May, every second Wednesday at the Northfield Public Library at 6.30 p.m., there's an open mic reading, and that's been really good it's been there have been more and more people each time so it's been really fun to hear more some poets that I've never heard before people I've met new people in town from this so it's really fun to do that and that is at the library that's at the library and you can bring your poetry or read a poem you love yep so we've had um people read last the other day we had some limericks by Chris Brunel that someone brought in. Oh, what that a treat. Really <laughs> um, and we had two St. Olaf students and three Carleton students read poems from their, um, you know, their poem poetry portfolios for their poetry classes. So that's been really nice too. So you get like a total range of age and experience and, you know, life experience. So it's been really great. That's incredible. Well, thank you both for being here on Arts Any Radio. I just love celebrating poetry, and I hope people, you know, go out and find more poems. Um, our, I, I want to encourage two of my favorite poets, and, and that we've been studying in my writing group are Joy Harjo, the the um, recent U U.S. poet laureate, and the current poet laureate, who is uh, Ada Limon. Both are have a large collection of work and do phenomenal things. So that's another place I would recommend you access. And of course, Northfield has a lot of poets. You can find those books at the library or at content bookstore of local poets. So great to experience and share poetry with you. Thank you for being here. Thank Thanks. you, Paula. Folks, this is Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. I hope you always remember to add some Art Zany to your life. And of course, in the meantime, till next time, enjoy your imagination. You've been listening to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist. Art Zany is brought to you each week by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts in Faribault. The Paradise Center for the Arts is a vibrant cultural and artistic gathering spot in historic downtown Faribault. The Paradise is committed to offering high-quality visual and performing art opportunities for Faribault and our region. Regular events spotlight some of the best artists and musicians in our area and throughout Minnesota and the Upper Midwest. Our beautifully restored facility includes art galleries, classrooms, clay and textile labs, a gift shop and rehearsal spaces, in addition to a 300-seat auditorium. Visit ParadiseCenterForTheArts.org for a full schedule of events or call our box office at 507-332-7372. 